And we would encourage women and minorities to consider sitting on boards because mm -hmm. we need diverse and inclusive boards for, like you said, brave and bold, courageous conversations and bold and courageous decisions. We need more representation at that table. Welcome to Power Up, the podcast that uncovers the unique challenges women leaders face today. Join your hosts, Nat and Kristen, as we dive into the tough topics and provide actionable insights you can apply right now. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Hey, Power Suiters, thanks for listening. And today we are talking about governance, which according to our LinkedIn poll from about a month ago, is one of the goals for a lot of the Power Suit community. I have never actually sat on a board and I think Kristen sat on one, so we are not necessarily experts at this topic. So what we've done is talk to some incredible board members, particularly Tracy Cross and Lisa Nelson, to come up with a list of, I think we've got five reasons why you might join a board and five reasons why you might pause to consider Consider. What else are we doing, Kristen? Well, PowerSuit is also on a mission to give you the tools and confidence to build a career on your terms. And we're asking everyone to check out powersuit.com, subscribe to our newsletter, lots of great tools coming your way. Before we jump in on all things board, we got a little bit of feedback this week, which was really helpful. And it's our number one weakness, Nat. What is it? I'm leaving a big pause to make sure I don't repeat our mistake. We talk over each other. That's actually a huge work on. And we got, we were out at drinks the other night and really got told this is really off-putting for people in person and on the podcast, which is so good to hear because it is a blind spot. We're used to hanging out on our own where we just go at each other. So we need to change our behavior around other people. So yeah. keep that feedback coming because we will try today. You might notice us trying really hard to have big gaps. <laughs> Can I just say it's not a blind spot? We know we do it. It just doesn't bother us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, back to the boards. The great news is is that boards increasingly are facing a responsibility to embrace diversity, which is opening up opportunities for incredible women that want to take their position at those tables, which I think is fantastic. Also, there is a big push to ensure boards reflect employees and stakeholders. It makes like any leadership team, it makes zero sense to have a governing body or leadership team or a senior management team that is comprised of men when you have an incredibly diverse customer base, employee base, stakeholder, shareholder base. Makes no sense. So this is the great news. About boards. <laughs> Over to me. <laughs> We're, not... We're going to get better at this. We are going to get better at this. Well, and, and the other thing to take note of is that we're not actually talking at all today about how to get on a board. We think this is quite a big subject, so we're going to break it down over a couple of podcasts and newsletters coming your way. So this is purely about why you may or may not want to get involved, because I actually don't know a lot about boards. Yeah. And I started looking into them. I've signed up to sort of some of the board training programs, haven't done any yet. I've done some Googling, but it's actually quite a mysterious area. However, it feels quite prestigious and quite like one of the pinnacle things that we should aim to get to, to have influence. So should we start with what are the responsibilities? Yes. So the easiest way to describe what a, a director or a board of directors do is that they are real people that act 
for the company. So they think of them as guardians that work in the company's best interest. So they often represent the stakeholders or shareholders of the business to make sure that the leadership teams are doing what they're meant to be doing, where customers' best interests are put at heart, the revenue and profitability is, is going well, good decisions are being made, people are managing risk, no legal issues. So they really are kind of what I would call it, watchdogging a little bit. Yeah, and I yeah. think coming out of an investing platform, I see them as effectively the nominees from the shareholders. So all of us own shares in a company. There's thousands and thousands of shareholders. You can't all vote on everything. So you've got this group of people whose job it is to represent your best interests. And and shareholders actually get to vote sometimes in these decisions about board members, don't they? Yeah. The other way I've heard it described is you're the drivers. So you're driving the car, which is the company. So you have the windscreen giving them the scan of the horizon and then the rear view mirror to see how you're performing and that's sort of a really nice easy way to look at maybe how a board sees their role. And I think it's even more complex now than ever which is why we thought we should tackle do you even want to do this which we'll do the second half of this podcast. Reason being is because we're moving into really complex environments it's no longer just about profits like it's not good enough just to go into a business and be all for profit. Businesses now have to balance purpose they have to balance good outcomes for customers and things like environmental social and governance you know doing good as well as profit so that's an added complexity for a board member and then you've got things like cyber security and all sorts of really risky things that can happen to businesses nowadays yeah and i i like to look at it as business sustainability and like leadership we've had a very narrow definition sometimes in the past as sustainability equals profit and now smart companies and smart boards are looking and saying well actually sustainability means we are not going to run into all sorts of crises when we are having a negative impact on pollution or the environment and we recognize that having diversity is one of the best ways we can future-proof decision making for the business so it's sort of expanding the definition of sustainable what a sustainable business looks like yes so they're responsible for four things number one is strategy and risk so they have to kind of set it with together with the leadership team set the strategy and the direction of the strategy and define what the risk appetite is they have to that's the first thing the second is culture are we doing things in the right way they have to govern that and are responsible for that the third is accountability so again this is where that watchdogging overseers drivers they the executive team or the ceo in particular is accountable to the board and they are making sure that everything's happening the policies are happening and the strategy that they set is is being executed properly and the final thing is compliance and this is something that is hugely growing and this is all about number one the business has to have solvency so it's quite risky for a director to be on an organization that's not profitable that's quite a risky place for a director to be so they have to make sure that you know the business can run and they can pay their uh, employee bills compliance and regulatory stuff that's exploding and then of course any legal issues they're responsible for those things so it's quite a big job it's a huge job anyone i mean you've probably finished watching it i've only just started watching succession and seen (laughs) the board meeting and it's probably a great example and it's probably an easy way to learn about how not to do it from the looks (laughs) where you've got conflicts of interest and nepotism nepotism and all sorts of things and all of us have experienced situations where you've seen in the news some ridiculous thing that a company does and think 
how did that not get picked up? Mm. That's this group's job, yeah, right? They're, yeah. That's they're the checks and balances yes. so that the CEO, the leadership team have someone or a group of people looking over going, wait a second, have you thought about it from this point of view? And as we all know, as you climb further up the ladder, you have more and more people below you who are less likely to hold you to account and put their hand up when yeah. they don't see something that they like. So this is a formal structure that organizations have in place to make sure they don't run into all sorts of issues. Yes, and so let's talk about the five, because everyone I think that you speak to in a professional environment, I, I shouldn't say everyone, but I should say many, many people see a future of themselves on a board. And it's possibly because it's just what you do, but I think we should be really clear on why people might do it. And I'm gonna pick out of these five, I'm gonna do a little bit of a lucky dip. Can I ask you a question first? Yeah, okay, okay. Do you like being on a board? I do, and I wasn't sure, but I thought, ooh, I think I might like it, and I think I have something to add. And so that was the reason why I did it. And But I was really nervous going into the first board meeting. Not only was it the first board meeting, but it was the AGM as well, the <laughs> annual general meeting, which is the big important one at the end of the year and the start of a new one. And I thought, ooh, I don't know if I'm gonna like this. There was a lot of reading I had to do. And I, I felt, well, I just didn't feel that confident. I was like, can I add value and how is this gonna to go but when I got there it was great I, I was able to offer up some opinions and some advice and I got involved in in a little subcommittee that's that's in this organization and I thought right away oh I actually like this so I did I did like it and is it different from what you thought having not been in it is there any one thing you can point to and think oh, I, I I didn't realize that before I dived in I am still trying to get a sense of where I am allowed to operate and not, and that's one of the points we're gonna talk about. Like, as a doer in an organization, if something needs doing, you just do it. But in this situation, you can't do that or you're overstepping your mm. duties and responsibilities. And so, yeah, that is a really weird place to be. It's like, how do I help but not do? That's weird. Yeah, which mm. is probably, it covers over quite nicely into some of the stuff we're covering in the next few weeks about coaching versus advising yes. and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. this is that on a bigger structural level. So true. Okay, pick one. Okay, I'm going to say it's a great way to leverage your skills because that's why I was interested in, in getting on a board because I felt like I've learned some things. I've been in a few leadership positions and I feel like I could now take those and use them in a, in a different way, in a non-doing way. Leveraging your skills, it's a great way to go into a new industry or a different organization than that than you've been working in. You've picked up this whole tool set over your career and you're only using a couple of them at any given time. Being on a board just gives you the opportunity to use a couple more, which is interesting. Yeah, I love it. And my first one is probably adjacent to that, which is you get to make a difference. Mm. And this is what the women we've spoken to who are on a lot of boards really stand behind is we have a lot of challenges that the world is facing and board members are in a really key position to have an impact on it, to really impact the empathy and diversity of organizations and really lean into the future of work. One of the things that women leaders tend to bring to the table is obviously extremely different life experiences, a way of, a different way of identifying with different customer groups, a different way of understanding the trends going forward and mega trends facing the world. So for a lot of us, we're very purpose-led and 
that is one of the most impactful jobs you can have to really drive the world we want to see, which I think is a hugely motivating thing. You've sold it, Nat. You've sold it. Okay, I'm going to pick for number three, power of networking, because this is one that is so important. This is a, is it a double-edged sword? Is that the right way to say it? In that networking has been almost the downfall of boards in that your circle of connections historically has been men in positions of power. And so they then get people they've worked with who have, again, traditionally been men in positions of power, which means that a lot of boards look older white male. And that's a terrible aspect of networking. But I think the value, if you get it right and connect, network your way onto a board, once you're on a board, it offers great opportunities to get to know different people and experts, because that's really your group of experts coming together. And then often you might get tapped in a few years. I love it. And especially it's another plug for getting more women into boards, even at the first board role, so that that network and that pool of people to network as they go further up, as I suspect the risk gets higher and higher, that you've now got a much more diverse group of people you know to who you trust in these positions. Yes. I would say the fourth one is strengthening your leadership skills. And it probably alludes a little bit to your experience, but also some of the stuff we have been talking about a lot and will continue to, is leaders these days, especially in hybrid organizations, we need to lead in so many different ways. We need to understand how to write written communication, face-to-face -face communication, from that perspective but then we also have this idea of the roles we can play in different decisions and from being the expert which a lot of us start out being subject matter experts through mm -hmm. to being no longer doers but leaders and then to the have this extra layer of governance where suddenly you can see especially because a lot of people on boards there are some professional board members but a lot of women or a lot of board members tend to have a board role on top of their job yeah. that having that perspective from the governance it really helps you see your role on a leadership team quite differently and get a new perspective on what shareholders really need. So for me, that would be if when I get around to actually following through and starting to apply, one of the things that I'd really look forward to. Yeah, and because it's a, a risk thing, right? You're always thinking about risk when you're sitting on the board. And so I think that's what I'll be taking in to Power Suit as we grow is this different perspective of recognizing all of the risks out there and coming up with a plan to mitigate those risks. So that's been a really interesting skill and a leadership skill that I've developed in that area, which, which is quite cool, is just the recognition of everything that's happening, anything that could go wrong. It's You don't always think about that when you're kind of in your day-to-day -day, day -day life. Yeah, and yeah. I really love that as an example, if you think of the leadership team as sort of driving forward and the board as being this, again, the checks and balances saying, yeah. Oh, have you considered that? Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. such a different way of looking at the same yeah. problem and that, that symbiotic relationship really yes. works nicely. Okay, hit us with the fifth. The fifth and final, actually it's not the final one of why you should do the board, but we just think it's the five strongest reasons why you should say yes, is build your value. We are all about women increasing the value of, of their professional working lives. And that means that your voice is heard in different places, you're building thought leadership, you're building reputation, and therefore you can commit and more money, personal brand and building your value is very much intertwined and interconnected. Why not? Like we deserve the recognition for the work we, we put in. 
and that knowledge, you know, getting comfortable with issues that are facing companies, learn as much as you can, you know, like you said, flow it back into your day-to-day life and build your leadership skills and then your, your worth. Love it. And you'll notice none of those five top reasons involved anything about ego. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's some very important reasons for that. And we probably should get to them now. Why you should think twice, because if you are just in it because it feels like a really good career step or a way to make quick money or some of the other things that I suspect deep down, a lot of people who would maybe pitch those five reasons as why are actually thinking, I just want to be up with the leaders and I, and, and it feels so cool and interesting. And it's a great thing for my CV, which is like valid. I mean, I feel like all of us have an ego, Mm. but there are some really good reasons why you might think twice if that's your main motivation for doing it. Yes. Do you want to kick into the first? Yeah. And it is, it's time consuming. There is a lot of reading and learning and it's totally unrelated to your day-to-day job. Like it's totally unrelated. So you might be reading through 30 pages of financial statements. You might be reading through a new health and safety policy or the latest legislation out on this thing or that thing or sustainability reports or climate change. Like you need to know a huge amount of things if you are to be a responsible director. And so it is time consuming. And this is something often you're doing on the weekends. I hate to say it, but it is. And so it's probably two to three days a month per board. Sometimes when I see someone with 10 or 15 board appointments, I don't know how they're getting it all done. Those are some very long days, but I presume these economies of scale that you say reading covers off a few different. Yeah, maybe, maybe (laughs) it is. I don't know, but you got to be across this stuff. So I would just say it is time consuming. That's one of the reasons why you might think twice. And I think when you say across the stuff, you mean truly across this stuff. It's not good enough to just read the financial reports. You are effectively accountable for making sure they make sense. There's nothing hidden in them. So because if there is, you're going to jail. You are legally responsible. (laughs) Well, which maybe takes us to the second one, which is risk. And so you do have to trust. And I've actually heard this before. Someone said your board is only as good as the information you receive from your leadership team because you are not necessarily in the day-to-day running of an organization. So you do have to trust the information you get. However, you are liable for the decisions made by that board financially and legally. And I think there's a whole bunch of protections board members put into place. I think there's professional indemnity insurance. Is yes. that one of the things? Yes. Um, so there's a cost involved in that. Yeah. And, and, and again, like you are the end of the line. So when the, you know, poo hits the fan, people will look to you and say, um, and that's actually not just legal, that's publicly as well. You, we've all seen in the news board members, and, and we've seen it recently, very sadly, in Wellington, there was a massive fire for a building block. And who's facing it up? It's the owner of the building. It's yeah. the, the buck stops with him, and it's and he wasn't across it from the looks, from what I saw. And yeah. that's just not going to be good enough in the court of public opinion or in the court of law. Yeah, yeah. And we're moving into risky times. We're having businesses that are going to fail. And if you are sitting on... On a board of a company that is failing, I talked about that solvency before, do you know you actually get banned as a director for five years for serving on uh, another board? I mean, it, it, yeah. that should be in place. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because... hugely risky. Um, another one, and I'm going to jump into which ties with my time consuming, is agility to drop everything. So you need to have some flexibility when you're on a board. If you've got a really big executive position and you're balancing all sorts of personal interests and hobbies and a family and the big juggle, you have to recognize that if your work isn't 
flexible. If you can't move some things around, probably think twice about being on a board because when crisis happens, you have to drop everything. Now, I haven't experienced this, but you can just imagine when something happens and stuff's in the media about a given company, or let's just say there's misconduct from the leadership team or information that has been hidden is brought to light or bankruptcy, all that stuff, you have to be on and you have to, even a even a um, cybersecurity incident guiding and directing, because again, you're liable. So that could be anything from any big moves the company's making, any transactions. Obviously boards have to work a lot harder and a lot more when there's merger or an acquisition or joint venture. These are all things the board has to be involved with. So you need agility in your time and ability to be flexible should you be on a board. And another great example from Succession is all their, what do they call it? The black boxes that as soon as people got to leadership and they had been paying people off and buying people. And if that, that oh, yes. gets out, you yes. have to be agile at dealing with that. Yes, um, absolutely. And know who to throw under the bus. Cr- cr- crisis, crisis control, right? Crisis control. Yep. And this yep. is the next one for me is misinformation. Yeah. And one really good line that Tracy Cross gave me that I really, really like, because I feel like these are pretty negative. Some of these things are pretty scary, is that one of the reasons that you should get on a board is brave courageous board members make great board members so Mm. a lot of the stuff keep in mind that this is the risk to be aware of but part of the reason you want to become a board member is to be brave and courageous but misinformation is the one that I was a little bit frightened about talking about because it's it's unfair and misinformation and disinformation have come a long way in the last few years and the world is changing quite rapidly and there's apparently a lot of training for board members at the moment but I've even seen it in friends of mine who work for our regional council and and some of the tactics that are used to not say which way is the right way or wrong way but just to create chaos and confusion Mm. so that people don't know the answer and that means trust is undermined in the whole system so when it comes to things like politics and esg environmental social government uh, governance norms there's a whole bunch of things that are very very divided now and that misinformation comes into play and the reason that's something you should be aware of is that in new zealand at least when you're a board member you still have to publish your personal address on a public database so Mm. people know where you live your your face and name might be associated with that company and very very sadly across the board there and across the world women in particular are the target of death threats and all sorts of crazy behavior Mm. and this was something that came up a little bit when our latest prime minister Jacinda Ardern decided to step away and she claims this is not the reason so we will take her at face value because she um, has the right to tell her own story but that was something that came up a lot is the huge level of extra security she needed as a woman prime minister and so it shouldn't put us off and I hate the idea of us giving up because of that but it is something to be very aware of that this is a whole other risk you're taking on yeah absolutely I hadn't thought about that thanks for reminding me of thanks for freaking me out get another lock on your door and the final and fifth reason why you might want to think twice is that you do not get to be an operator we have heard the saying women get shit done and sometimes when we've got our headphones on and we are in the flow and we were pumping we're pumping out great work we are thriving and we're happy and we feel accomplished. Well, guess what? You don't get to do any of that sitting on a board. You have to make decisions, you provide oversight, you give advice, and you have to be comfortable with that because that is the job. Even though you're giving advice, 
they don't have to do the advice. Like they don't have to put into play everything you say. It's the ultimate in the definition of leadership versus management. Yeah. You have to inspire and motivate <laughs> and guide rather than dictate. Yeah. So that's, yeah. a, that's an amazing one. Yeah. So I feel like we, this is really sad, we should have done it reverse. We ended on a bit of a downer, but do you think having, because it hasn't put me off, like I, I actually really like knowing those risks yeah. and thinking, for me, not the right time. I have a very full schedule. I have a business I want to get off the ground. I think both of us now are sort of going, probably nothing else on our collective plates for the you know next few weeks. <laughs> I have yeah. a holiday to get to. Um, but I'm absolutely not put off. To me, those reasons, again, are more reason than ever for women to get into this because the more t- space we take up, the more visible we are, the more we normalize women on boards, the less some of these risks or so some of the uncontrollable risks can hurt us and the more we can equip ourselves with the skills to deal with the controllable ones yeah i just think knowledge is power isn't it and so just know the more you know what you're getting into the more effectively you can operate and so this is just the start of a few pieces that we're going to put out but hopefully it was helpful and we would encourage women and minorities to consider sitting on boards because Mm -hmm. we need diverse and inclusive boards for, like you said, brave and bold, courageous conversations and bold and courageous decisions. We need more representation at that table. Absolutely. And even though I think we might have done a better job today of not talking over each other, we have spoken a lot. So if you want to learn more, we will have already published a post on our website, powersuit.com, P-O-W-R, suit.com. So you can read through, learn a bit more. You can also, that's also the place where you can subscribe to our newsletter. So in future, you just have it land in your inbox every week. And just for those who haven't subscribed yet, our newsletter is not just the one article that's posted on the news site. There's plenty of news site, website. There's plenty of other goodies in there. We have books, articles, links. We have celebrate members of our community, learn from some of their stories. We have a whole bunch of different bits and bobs in there, all free. Get it every week. While you are on your podcast app, before you turn us off and go to whoever it is you're going to listen to next, Armchair Expert, We Can Do Hard Things, whatever your favorite one is, follow us. Please follow us if you don't already. We are brand new. It really, really helps us grow. And chuck us a five-star rating while you're there. Unlike most things where you have to vote on things, you literally just push the button and it's done on Spotify. So it's a really, like it literally is a one-second action and it, it makes our lives so much better and it really helps PowerSuit grow. Yeah. Hey, easy. Take care, everyone. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.